Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling and Chip Scoggins from U.S. Bank Stadium, where the Vikings just fell 27-20 to to the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but Ben, it was kind of more of the same story, especially right out of the gate. First play, they, they don't wait till the second play. First play, fumble. Yeah, a lot of... Uh... A lot of what I just finished writing in my first run through the game story was this was the type of loss that has kind of – there's a type. There's become a type of loss that they repeat over and over and over, and it's sort of the flip side of the type of win they had over and over and over last year where they just didn't make these types of mistakes very often, and it kind of makes you th- – Realize, I mean, they Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the GM, talked so much about winning on the margins last year, where it's this we're not going to beat ourselves, we're going to be situational masters, we're going to uh, find ways to win close games in a repeated basis. And I, I think they knew that that's a hard formula to maintain, I think they've admitted that much. But this type of thing is showing you again that if you beat yourself. And you're going to play close games every week, which there's a lot of close games in the NFL. A lot of teams do this. But you aren't going to be able to sustain it with inefficiencies, mistakes, and probably just not enough players that are talented, elite, high-end enough to overcome some of those things. Yeah, and I would – you can beat Bryce Young playing sloppy. You're not going to beat Patrick Mahomes playing sloppy. And I just thought it was – Poorly coached, poorly played, the drop passes, the fumble, the chaos with the timeouts and the the challenge that was unnecessary, I thought, that uh, O'Connell went for. It just – and you look up and you lose by a touchdown and you have a chance to score at the end. But, well, two. I mean, they have two times. chances. Yeah. And, you know, you can beat bad teams playing – this kind of sloppy, air-filled things, but you just make it so hard on yourself when you play like that. Yeah, Chip, what did you think of? I mean, I can think of the misconnections with Hawkinson yeah. uh, a few times. Uh, Madison dropped. The Madison drop was killer. Uh, there was just a bunch of them where it's like this team kept shooting themselves in the well, foot. Well, yeah, I mean, you have the uh, Jefferson drops one. Oliver, later in the game, has one go right through his hands when he jumped to try to catch that one. The Madison one was a killer. That was, you know, you're at the 19-yard line and perfectly designed, set up, yeah. screen pass. He had room to run. As we said, at a minimum, it was going to be a first down, and I don't know if he's going to score a touchdown. I think some people were saying touchdown. He might have had to break a tackle. But um, but that was the series that ended with the Addison throw that, that they picked up the flag. Yeah, and I know the officiating is going to be a hot talker and people are going to point to that, but when you play that sloppy and have that many missed opportunities, you have to look in the mirror too. Yeah, um, and, and they settled for a field goal, too, on that first drive that they did initially get going in the first quarter. Those are their first first-quarter points in the NFL this season. Uh, they are the lowest-scoring team in the NFL in the first quarter because the Jets have five points courtesy of Russell Wilson's safety for intentional grounding earlier today. So that's a fun fact. There you go. Um, the Vikings are really bad in the first quarter. Kirk Cousins said it flatly. We need to start better. These need to. This needs to turn around in the first quarter. Um, it was much more than that, obviously, in this game. But 
Um, the, the highlight really too is that they lose Justin Jefferson to a hamstring injury late in this game in the fourth quarter. Uh, he stayed on the sideline with a towel over his head, didn't go back in, didn't even, once he came out of the tent, it didn't even seem like there was a choice that he was going back in. He wasn't. And it was KJ Osborne, Addison, the rest of the way, which is why Addison was targeted so much late in that game. Um, but Ben, it, it seemed like with O'Connell, there wasn't much of an update right away. No, not much of one, though the tone in his voice did not leave me thinking that they are going to have him next week in Chicago. That could change. Obviously, you have to see how severe it is. You have to see uh, how he progresses through the week. But the way he talked about it did not make me think that they're terribly confident that he's, at least at this moment, that he's going to be ready to go. I, I don't know why you would rush it. I don't know why he would rush it, frankly, when he doesn't have long-term security. I mean, you know, this is one of those things that you look back to the contract not getting done. Uh, certainly puts him at some risk of not, you know, a hamstring is probably not going to be something that is terribly detrimental long-term, but it is one of those things that's in the back of your mind. I, I would not expect that he is going to be pushing to I'm, – I'm sure he wants to play. He's, he's an awfully competitive guy. You could see it on his face in the locker room afterwards. But it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to take unnecessary risk and, and rush himself back with a hamstring in a week. I, you know, that, I just don't see it going that way. And, and O'Connell kind of talked about – we have confidence in the guys we have so that hopefully we can get this thing rolling by the time uh, when Jeff, when Justin does come back. So there were there were some things in the way he put it that made me think, mm, I'm, I'm not banking on him playing next week unless there's some uh, significant change throughout the week that would suggest that's going to happen. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. And Chip, to borrow a, a, a phrase or approach you were just talking about with Bryce Young, you might be able to beat Chicago without Justin Jefferson, but maybe not many other teams. Yeah, and it's uh, <laughs> not yeah. San Francisco. No, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I mean, hamstrings are tricky. We've all covered guys that have them; they react so differently. And but that's not something you rush back from. Nope, at all. Like because that can linger and it can get worse, or it just stays with you the rest of the, you know season. So I, I got to imagine they're going to be extra careful when you're talking about your best player. So, um, but you know, I mean, Addison stepped up, he, he did some nice things, um, today, but they have got to get the tight end going. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought, I mean, a couple of those are tough plays. Yes. I, I framed them as difficult catches, but, but when you're talking about the highest paid tight end in the yep. NFL, you expect him to make those yep. catches. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, you did not pay him that deal to say, well, you know, just make the catches that the average player can make. I mean, you're paying for a premium-type player to produce at that level. If you're going to pay that much, that is, I think, a reasonable thing to expect. That Sometimes, like, yeah, tough catch, but 
Yeah, go he, make he it. came out and made it. Yeah, and it's interesting because we were talking to, to Hawkinson after the game, and he he said the first one, um, the timing is off. He didn't get his head turned around as quick as Cousins had pressure. But he said the other ones, the later ones, he said it was uh, they were on the they weren't on the same page because he was expecting the the throw to be in a different spot than 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 Cousins' place. And he said he said I think as the season goes on and we have more time together, you're going to see us get more more on the same page. And I'm thinking that might have been nice to do in training, training camp. camp. Yeah. So maybe all that time in training camp wasn't such a minor uh, detail after what? all. Hey, ear infections are no joke. What? Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear you through all the yeah. the uh, money that's now in my ear. Um, I did think I did find Kirk Cousins' response interesting when he was asked about uh, Hawkinson and, and the misconnections, and he just said, "I don't have anything to say. I think he's a great player. I think he did a great job. I think my ball location was too high." And he talked about being consistently high on passes and frustrated with that. And he said maybe some of those were uh, catchable, but it shouldn't be that hard on him. So Kirk's obviously going to say it's on him and needs to make it easier, but even Kirk said maybe some of those were catchable. Yeah, you know, uh, you should probably come down. They were high. They were high. Yeah. And they yeah. might have been a little hot, but guess what? They're not – those weren't like out-of-this-world catches. They're difficult catches, mm-hmm. but they're – the you know, your star players should be able to make those catches. And so he, and he's not – and I don't know. It's become a thing now because this, this is several of them over, you know, what three weeks that we've seen that happen to him. So um, when you look back at, it, I mean, there were probably if you count his three, Madison, Jefferson's, Oliver. I mean, you're talking about six, seven, eight drops today. Not to mention the miscommunication with Osborne. Osborne probably should have been a touchdown. Yeah, where he ducks because yeah. the timing is bad. Yeah, it's it is interesting that. You know, we spent so much time talking about the defense and is this defense going to be good enough? And there have been times this year where it hasn't been. I think if you looked at those numbers that the Chiefs put up, especially you know, 27 points, one on a short field, 333 yards, I think, for the game, if you had said that beforehand, say we're effectively going to hold them to 20 points without turnovers – and 333 yards, and you're able to get some pressure on Mahomes, I, I think you'd probably say, yeah, we take that. Yeah. Um, I, I think they would have said that. So the fact that it continues to be the offense where the most experienced, most highly paid players are the ones that seem to be letting them down, whether it's turnovers or red zone inefficiency, is I, I have to think is a pretty big concern. They have a lot invested – in this offense, both from players and the fact that you have a offensive head coach, there's a lot invested in having a productive offense, and it has not been good enough to this point. Yeah, the Vikings have topped 24 points just once through five games uh, last year. In their 11 one-score wins, they averaged over 29 points. Yeah. In those games, they had to score that much to win close last year, and they are not scoring enough this year. And I would love to know if you just say, let's say they scored points on half of their turnovers, what would their scoring average be? I mean, they have yeah. how many, how many giveaways? They, what is it, 13 yeah. giveaways now? Uh, 12, 12, including today. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and yeah, seven of those have come in the first quarter, including today. Um, they're, they're coughing them up right away well, and, and getting behind. Four of them. Or either at the goal line or in the end zone too, right? So those yeah. are touchdowns that you're taking away. Yeah, probably four touchdowns over the course of the season already. Yeah, I mean it's you. They have not played 
that many games this year or last year where you'd say that was minute one to minute 60 really impressive? I mean, we heard that a lot last year that we don't feel like we've played our best game yet. That was typically coming up as a footnote when they're winning and you kind of say, well, okay, it almost kind of feels like one of those things you have to say is modesty and it sounds better to be like, well, you know, we can still play better. This isn't the ceiling of how good we can be yet. Um, But we have not seen that many games in now, where are we at? Five this year and 17 last year plus playoff game, 23 games in this regime where they've been crisp offensively, defensively, special teams the entire time. And, you know, how often does that happen in the NFL with anybody? You know, I, I don't have a <laughs> exact percentage, but there have not been that many where it's like that was a complete performance across the board. The Packer game last year is probably the best example of it. But we have just not seen it very much where everything's firing. Well, and it seems like there's just a lot of frustration, you know, they have to burn a timeout because they're going to have a delay of game early in the second half when yeah. they're just slow getting the play call in, and, and Cousins looks exasperated with the sideline. And then they had a delay of game and later. they had one because they don't have the timeout. And at one point, Cousins just dropped the snap. Yeah, the second play. In the game, the second, yeah, after the yeah, first after the fumble. Play. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. Yeah, Ben, you, you put it well in saying that they just have not put together a clean game. And for a team that has as much veteran talent, specifically on offense, that's got to be the most disappointing part of a one and four start. Um, Caleb Evans suffered a knee injury, ended up leaving this game in the third quarter. Makai Blackman, the rookie third rounder, replaced him. Caleb Evans said he didn't think it was a long term issue, but players are not doctors, so who knows at this point um, what the issue is or how long that's going to sideline him. He couldn't go back into the game tonight. Uh, what did you think defensively of what they did against Mahomes? Because it took a a controversial penalty on Harrison Smith, I thought, yeah. on the DPI. What did you think of that? Uh, yeah, I, if you're not going to call the one on the Vikings, then that shouldn't be. If, if you watched it back, I forgot who the receiver was, but he kind of horse. He puts his arm around uh, yeah. uh, Harrison's it, neck. Was, was it Scantling? I think it was. It was yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, he had as much to do with it as Harrison did. He like kind of corralled him by the neck. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, when you're going against Mahomes, he's – and, you know, it is fun to watch a guy that good, especially in that third quarter, how just he has such control over a game. Yep. It, it is unbelievable how he dances and then finds and waits till he finds someone. It's just he's a he's a mastro. And after that penalty on Harrison Smith, um, the Chiefs ended up, I think, scoring a touchdown on that drive, in part because on a third down in the red zone, he did that where Mahomes evaded some rush and then flipped it to Kelsey kind of on a little just slant catch and run like thing. Where, of his eye, right? yeah, yeah, where it didn't even seem like it was on schedule. It seemed like this was just improvised kind of dancing around and throwing it. Um, and it just seemed like even if they were in the right spot, the Vikings were, that it didn't matter sometimes. Yeah, I mean, Kevin O'Connell talked about that this week, that he said there, there are times with this team where you defend everything properly and you do everything right, and it's still not enough because of Mahomes and especially that connection he has with Kelsey where they've spent that much time together where it's I can look at you or I can hand, give you a hand signal or maybe we don't even have to look at each other. It's just we see things the same way because we've spent so much time together mm-hmm. that – it doesn't matter what you do. There's just no defense for it. And that is a, it's an awfully big advantage in, in a seven-point game that I, I thought in a lot of cases, I mean, the, I thought the Vikings did a good job 
of keeping this one from spinning out of control when it certainly looked like it could have. But in a seven-point game, when you have that type of talent, you have that type of quarterback that's maybe going to make one or two more plays than the other team, it makes a big difference. Because a lot of these games are close, and you need that one or two play. And you talk about the plays they made last year. I mean, you think about it, the – was it the first drive of the second half where it's third and 18 and Mahomes, you know, Harrison and Daniil are bearing down on him. He throws off his back foot. Bynum misses it by a hair, yeah. an inch. And, and oh, a 32 uh, yarder, a 33 yard catch yeah, is like, that's a, that's a game changing play. Yeah. So you go from, I can't remember if they scored that, that, that drive, but I think they did, you know, you have them third and 18, you're thinking punt. They just had a sack. And, and so last year they made those plays. Yep. This yep. year they're just they're sometimes they're in position they just don't make them. Yeah, I, I thought overall, like I said, I, I think they brought more pressure than a lot of teams have done against Mahomes this year. You figured they were going to bring more than fifteen percent or whatever Mahomes has actually been blitzed, given the fact that they've blitzed more than fifty percent of the time the Vikings have this year. I thought they did that for the most part without getting burned by it. How much the fact that Kelsey left the game after getting his ankle caught in the U.S. Bank Stadium turf had to do with it. You know, you can debate that, I suppose. But overall, I thought they did a fairly good job against him. But, again, uh, you know, we how many times have we seen that with Aaron Rodgers over the years where it's like, well, they, they played him pretty well, but even if he's not lighting the scoreboard up, he just is those one or two plays where he's got that little something extra is – the difference. I can remember a number of games like that, especially early in Mike Zimmer's tenure, where the defense was ascending and was young and talented, where even if they lost to Rodgers, they played him pretty well, but there's just that one moment that he's a little bit better, and that is kind of what happened here. And that's what I feel like when I watch the Vikings offense. Sometimes you're like, okay, they're moving the ball, they hit the Jefferson, they make some big plays, or they got something going, and then they'll have – a drop or a hold, or it's just like it's always one step forward, one step back with this team, and they're just not good enough to overcome those things. No, they're not. I mean, they just don't have that many you know, blue chip, would be the scouting term, players, where it's just this guy is 5% better than everybody else he's facing, and you get some plays as a result of that. I mean, you have Jefferson is that. Um, Daniel Hunter has looked like that, I think, more often this year than he has in a while. Hawkinson is purportedly that. He's been that. He has been that. Um, Jordan Addison may be that eventually. Um, I think Christian Derrissaw, it's harder to evaluate that as an offensive lineman probably, but you don't see the elite edge rushers just destroying him. But, yeah, there's not a lot of those other types of those guys here. Um, no, there's not. And looking around the division today, the Detroit Lions did to the Panthers what we thought the Vikings should have done to them, which yep. was dismantle them 42 to 24. The Bears back on Thursday night got their first win 40 to 20. Um, Packers are tomorrow night. The Packers are tomorrow Raiders. night against the Raiders in the Devontae Adams revenge game. But <laughs> Chip, to get Shout your, on Chris Thomason. Chip, to get your thoughts on the Vikings standing here, Detroit four and one, Vikings one and four. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought the Lions were going to be the Lions. Like I thought they would be interesting, and I thought you know, and maybe they still will do the Lions thing. But 
They also might be legit too. They might be. Yeah. They might just yeah. be the, uh, you know, the clear best team in this division. Um, so last time that somebody was looking up at the Lions, I mean, they were a game and a half up in the division. I mean, the Packers haven't played yet, but number of times in the last forty years where the Lions have been yeah. a game and a half up in the division. I, I mean, nineteen ninety one is the one time that I could kind of think of that would have been the case. Yeah, I mean, they're. You know, a lot of people thought they were going to be the team in the division. So far, they 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 have been, and yeah. so you know, if, if, you just keep thinking if the Vikings can just not self destruct, yeah. that they'll give themselves a chance in their division to maybe you know make it interesting here. But they just continue to sabotage the, their chances of winning with these turnovers and just sloppy play. Yeah, and the problem is you're getting to a point now where, I mean, they, they've talked about it. Hey, we haven't played any division games yet. We still think there's better play out there. We, we know this is a good team. Okay, but you're running out of chances to do it. I mean, you're, you're one and four with a couple of those losses already in the NFC. If you want to get to, say, 10 and seven, you got to go nine and three the rest of the way, which means you have to turn into a consistent team that does not do this for most of the rest of the season. You have pretty much blown through any margin for error. And we thought they'd probably lose this game. And we were kind of sitting at the beginning of the season. You would have said, yeah, they probably lose to the Chiefs. They probably lose to the Eagles. But Bucks at home, Chargers at home, you should win those if you're a good team. And it's not illegal to steal one at some yeah. point against a, a really good team like they did against Buffalo last year. So they are pretty darn close to out of margin for error. And the idea that they are going to play at a level where they don't need margin for error for uh, the better part of three and a half months, it's hard to see that at this point. Up next is the Chicago Bears and the House of Horrors that is Soldier Field. We will be talking to you guys this week previewing that game. Until then, please check out StarTribune.com for all of our work.